0: This is the Frontier of Finance, the podcast that covers the hottest new funds and important milestones of marquee funds in Canada. On the Frontier, we go directly to the source, interviewing portfolio managers, executives, and sales leaders at the top asset management firms. Stay on top of the latest innovations, react to market trends, and make better investment decisions for your clients. I'm your host, James Rockwood, and I'm welcoming you to the Frontier of Finance. On this episode of The Frontier, we're diving into the world of alternative funds or alts. Over the course of 2020, assets in Canadian alt funds grew from 5.8 billion to 12.2 billion, according to the IFIC. Also known as liquid alts, these funds have become an important part of the modern portfolio. So the question today is, what's behind this rapid growth and how can Canadians use this kind of fund to build wealth? To help find these answers, we're welcoming back CIBC Asset Management. Joining me today is Michael Sager, Vice President of Multi-Asset and Currency Management. Michael is part of the CIBC Client Portfolio Manager team and works with the distribution channels to deliver thought leadership, education, and investment advice. He's held positions at several well-known institutions such as JP Morgan and Putnam Investments. Michael also holds a PhD in economics from Warwick University. We're excited to have Michael here today to help shed some light on what alternative funds are all about. Let's jump right into it. What is an alternative mutual fund and how does it differ from, say, a hedge fund?
1: To my mind, when I'm thinking about a liquid alternative, particularly which which were launched into Canada three years ago, it really marries the uh, the best pieces of mutual funds with the best bits of hedge funds, so you know if you think about hedge funds, they typically have relatively sophisticated investment processes they 're very adept at capturing a broad set of mispricings of opportunities in markets. To add value to client portfolios. On the other side, mutual funds offer uh, regulation, liquidity, transparency. And I think all of those are very beneficial, you know, putting those together in the liquid alternative space. You get the sophisticated investment process, but you get it within the context of regulatory protection, transparency into what the liquid alt is holding, what positions has it got, what strategies does it implement, uh, and you get that daily liquidity. You're not locked in. So marrying those components into a new vehicle, liquid alternatives, I think has been very powerful for the Canadian uh, investor.
0: So you put make a few good points here. I mean, being able, The liquidity is obviously a huge part. I think most uh, hedge funds require you to lock away your money for a fixed period of time. Um, as you mentioned, they don't tend to publish a lot about the securities they're holding. It's very much the secret sauce, and so you have less transparency. And then these sound much more accessible. From an investment perspective, for customers looking to purchase them, is it? I know that hedge funds are limited to um, accredited investors. Are liquid alts as well, or is this something that's a little bit different?
1: No, it's completely different. It's it's an asset class, if we call it that. Liquid alternatives are available to everyone, so it's very, very uh, low minimums. So that's another another positive. You get to see what you own. You get the protection. You get the sophistication but you also get the low entry level. So no, accessibility is a big deal. The minimum investment is, uh, is very, very low. So uh, accessible to pretty much everybody.
0: At The Frontier, we cover new products like in our first episode on the new ESG funds from CIBC Asset Management, as well as marquee funds hitting major milestones. CIBC Asset Management has a three-year milestone coming up with one of these marquee funds, the Multi-Asset Absolute Return Strategy Suite called MARS with uh, two A's. Got a couple questions about this. What's the goal of the fund and why was it made?
1: The goal of MARS is numerous or or there are multiple goals. The first one is to target an annualised average return of 5% plus Treasury bills. And so why 5%? Well, we need to um, have something that's achievable given the opportunity set in Mars, but we also need something that's uh, competitive against what's already in investor portfolios. So. Let's think about those portfolios. They typically incorporate some combination of public equities and public bonds. If we think about public equities particularly and think what's the forward-looking expected return on an annual basis to equities over the next 10 years? 10 years is the horizon we think about as long-term investors. You know, Over that horizon, the Mars return target, 5% per annum, is very competitive to what we think will be generated by a traditional equity allocation. So that's the first performance target, 5% return on an annual basis. We think that's attractive. Paired with that, we're seeking to achieve that 5% annual return with half the volatility of equities. And so again, you know, if you've got the capability in your investment uh, strategies, like Mars, to add a competitive return compared to equities, but you can do it with half the volatility, you've got something that should be very accretive to investor portfolios. So those are the headline objectives of Mars. We also want to generate performance in a relatively smooth fashion. So a a nice smooth trajectory of returns in the long term. But if you think about why Mars was created. Again, it goes back to that point about being accretive. Think about a traditional uh, equity-centric or fixed-income-centric portfolio prior to the existence of liquid alternative strategies like Mars. They were very narrow, very concentrated. Equities, for example, tend to do relatively well in environments of good macroeconomic growth, benign inflation, uh, step outside of that environment and the performance of equities tends to be a little bit soggier, a little bit more questionable. You know, we've seen that over the last couple of months where the markets have begun to question the outlook for growth and equities have met some headwinds. So the goal or the reason that Mars was created was really to make sure that the breadth of investment opportunities available for investors was as wide as possible so that they have the highest probability possible of achieving their long-term goals.
0: I really like that because I think a really important part of marketing investments to investors is to have something that's really easy to understand. And you talked a bit about the approach. I mean it sounds like it's a pretty fluid approach. Has there been any major changes over the past three years as we respond to, you know, a lot of trends going on. It's been COVID's happened, like quite a, you know, interesting three year stretch to have to hit a consistent or absolute percentage. How have things changed over time? Has anything fundamentally changed?
1: The beauty of Mars is that Although the strategy itself is just coming up on its three year anniversary, the investment team that manages the strategy has actually been running similar strategies to Mars, both for some of the biggest institutions in the world, individual high net worth and retail investors, all of those. They've been running strategies like Mars now for almost 20 years as part of the same team at CIBC Asset Management. So they have a lot of experience of a lot of different market environments, whether it's very strong periods of growth, whether it's recessions, whether it's periods of high risk appetite from the market broadly, or periods of extreme stress. They've seen pretty much everything and they can apply that experience to Mars. So the way I think about our investment process is that it will always continue to evolve as we get access to new sources of data or new quantitative techniques. But the overarching philosophy and principles that we started 20 years ago in absolute return investing, or that we started with three years ago in Mars. Those are not going to change and really form the foundation of the way we think about absolute return investing, liquid alternative investing. And so that's very solid in our minds, how to invest. And then you have to react to market conditions. Sometimes market conditions are more conducive to the Mars strategy adding value. Sometimes you just have to step back from the markets and say, This is not going to be a good time for us. You know, we are fundamental macro investors. Sometimes fundamentals are not that important. We have to just step back in those periods and accept that. We just got to give the market some space and then re-engage when fundamentals become more important once again. So the key for us is to understand our strengths, also understand what weaknesses we have. When do we add value with the highest probability? When do we need to step away from the markets? And apply that in a very disciplined way. That's how it in good stead for the longest time, including in the last three years with the Mars strategy, as I think we can see in, in the performance so far.
0: And, and I love that idea because you're not tied to a benchmark. You don't have to continue to play if you're finding, hey, you know, we're looking really good for our target rate this year. When you're following a benchmark or you're competing with a benchmark, you kind of got to stay in the game the whole time. And that leaves you exposed to impacts that are going to affect the entire market or impacts that are sort of inevitable or, or very hard to avoid um, that will hit an entire index. So I think that's a really, really neat way to manage investments. And, and it brings me to the, my next question, which I'm really excited to talk about, which is a lot of the how. So if I'm an advisor, how do you use this fund in a portfolio? And then what should we be trying to pair it with?
1: We've seen investors come to Mars from a number of different perspectives. We've certainly seen equity-centric investors allocate to Mars. There, the idea is that equity returns that we've realized over the last several years have been very strong. Notwithstanding, for example, March 2020, but broadly speaking, equity returns have been very strong. But now valuation is becoming an increasing headwind and we need to find other sources of diversifying return to make sure that, again, we maximize the probability that we're going to achieve our long term performance goals, whatever they are. And so allocating some capital away from equity to Mars makes, in our mind at least, makes sense. You have a competitive expected return. You have a strategy that's targeting half the volatility as we discussed, so that your overall portfolio volatility will come down as a result of an allocation to Mars. And then in addition, something we haven't talked about yet, we're targeting a long-term average equity beta in Mars of 0.2. So a competitive return, half the volatility and a 0.2 beta. That's a pretty accretive combination. So that's the value statement from an equity-centric investor. From a fixed income centric investor, it's not too dissimilar. You know, there, Mars' expected return is quite a bit higher than what we expect to see from uh, a fixed income centric portfolio. So it's return enhancing. The volatility uh, we're targeting is broadly similar to a a bond portfolio and again the beta we're targeting to fixed income is 0.2 so whether you come at it from an equity centric or a bond centric the facets of the Mars strategy to our mind appear to be very additive and then there are other investors who are thinking about it from the perspective of a holistic balanced portfolio. They already have that balanced portfolio, but they want a manager to introduce some tactical tilting into their portfolio, to lean into the most attractive opportunities between equities and bonds, for instance, when they come along. It's a very difficult thing to do as an individual investor, but hiring a manager with a lot of experience of that sort of tactical
0: tilting. That's, that makes a lot of sense. I think, do you have any guidance for an advisor trying to talk to the customer and to position it to them in a way that would make a lot of sense of, let's just say, let's pick, you using it to complement your fixed income strategy, for example. How would you recommend trying to easily explain that to a customer so they'd understand?
1: I, I think it goes back again to the opportunity set that we're, trying to navigate so again go back to that idea that a traditional fixed income portfolio is long bonds and that's great when interest rates are going down but it gets more challenging in an environment where rates are going up and there's not a lot you can do to minimize the pain in that traditional portfolio in mars we're able to actually embrace both sides of that dynamic. It's not a problem for us if rates are going up, rates are going down. We just need to identify opportunities. So I think it's the flexibility of the strategy, both in terms of how we invest in individual asset classes, long and short, but also that breadth that go anywhere breadth across all different asset classes. Our challenge is to identify the next big investment opportunity and always to make sure that the risk we're putting to work in a portfolio will be rewarded. So I think it's the emphasis on the flexibility of the strategy And uh, the opportunity to not be limited to a single side of a single asset class.
0: And then how would an advisor use Mars to grow their business?
1: I think uh, the key there is to always think about how asset classes or new strategies can Add to what you already have. There's no point adding another segment of an existing asset class into your portfolio. You have that covered. It's all about identifying truly diversifying asset classes, truly diversifying strategies and allocating to those assets and strategies in an appropriate size. So we think the Mars strategy, liquid alternatives as well, more broadly, Mars can be very additive to traditional portfolios. And so I think it's it focuses on portfolio construction, understand what you have and understand how something you're considering can improve on the mix of your current portfolio. So I think it's about portfolio construction, additivity and true diversification. If you always keep those front and centre, add into the mix the rigour of a manager's investment philosophy and process to make sure as best we can, of course, that what they're doing is repeatable and it's capturing a market inefficiency. If you've identified that manager or those managers and you've also identified that what they're doing is truly diversifying to your portfolio, then I think you can improve your portfolio.
0: And then at Cap and Tell, we're big advocates for holistic wealth management. Part of what I think is really interesting about Mars is that as an advisor, there's a there's some impetus. Maybe it's a a trend you're seeing. Maybe it's exposure you're trying to limit or counteract. But there's a key event in that person's in the advisor's head that's going to get them to try to look at Mars to try to say, hey, maybe we want to be, let's say, limiting the downside to a rising interest rate environment for my fixed income. So I think that's an awesome way to sort of close out some of the discussion around um, Mars. I think this is a really interesting product. I think it makes a lot of sense. It's really funny. It's a very complicated execution. It's a very simple concept for customers It's deployed in sophisticated manners that require you to really have to think about how you're going to describe why you're putting a customer in it. But I think it's a really interesting and compelling product and it's really neat. I know it's coming up on the three years. Just as a a quick question, can you talk a bit about the growth and the adoption just over the past three years or so of Mars and sort of what makes it a marquee fund
1: for you? Absolutely, in terms of growth, We're just north of 2.3 billion in AUM. So the the growth, the adoption has been very strong. I I think investors in the the retail and high net worth space have uh, really embraced the strategy. To us, it's one of our flagship funds. When we think about global macro investing, This is the most efficient way that we believe you can do it. So in the macro space, all of our thinking starts with Mars. It's extremely comprehensive in terms of asset class coverage. It's extremely rigorous and diligent in terms of risk management, but it's also extremely efficient in terms of implementation. So when we get a new insight as to what's driving the markets, we can implement that very quickly and then uh, monitor, maintain and manage to make sure that the hypothesis was right and that we do deliver our best thinking and our best results for our investors.
0: Well, Michael, I'd like to thank you so much for your time today and for talking more about Mars. This has been an awesome discussion and I think people are gonna get a lot out of it. Oh, it's
1: an absolute pleasure. It's clear
0: Michael really knows alts. He was able to connect how these complex sounding products are working for Canadians in a simple and understandable format. Getting into alt strategies can feel like unknown territory or something out of a client's comfort zone. However, as Michael showed, they play a valuable role for clients and their strategies can be conveyed in a simple manner so clients really understand what they're investing in. With that said, it's worth having the conversation and letting your client know what options they have for diversifying their risk. See if they're looking to step into other areas of investing or if they're worried about volatile markets. As an advocate for their holistic wealth plan and overall financial well being, It's important to check in and ask these questions. Thank you again to Michael Sager for offering up his expertise and joining us on the show. And thank you especially for stepping out onto the frontier with me. If you like what you hear, feel free to drop us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't yet subscribed, we'd love to have you join us. We'll see you next time on The Frontier.